You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only met my favorite sports book, but it's also America's top-rated sports book. And speaking of America, we mean the United States. Our top athletes are over in Tokyo right now, competing for gold. Unless you tune into basketball, then they're competing for bronze, because they already lost to France. Oh, no! Who knew that was the new basketball mecca of the of the uh, bouncing ball world there? Anyway, stay away from that one. But DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this one. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medals this year. My God. Well, we're certainly winning medals, just not in basketball. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium, receive gold, silver, or what I call dirty gold. Uh, some people call bronze. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate. It has plenty of instructions for new betters, uh, nearly limitless ways to get in on the action. Uh, Mike, I recently bet $100 that William Eklund would go in the top seven picks. Thank God he went number seven because I almost <laughs> lost 100 bucks and came away with 140 Thank Woo! God. But anyway, that was a ton of fun. I thought it was a sure thing, and I absolutely won. But it was just as easy as clicking a few buttons. So if you guys want uh, in on those surefire bets, uh, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You'd have to ask them why, why they were comfortable doing that. I don't know. Season 2 of Red Wings Rit, hosted by the Brothers Discussion and brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Today we'll, of course, be wrapping up uh, the 2021 NHL Draft, everything the Red Wings did, everybody we missed out on, and everybody uh, we, I mean, uh, you know, I guess... Uh, worked out like the the ones that were higher than they were supposed to be kind of picks. All right, we'll also talk about Mark Stahl. We'll wrap up uh, the Nadelkovich trade, and uh, I think we'll do a couple of hopefuls for uh, free agency starting up. At least one, at least yeah. one, right? We'll I know. Bring them up yet again. Oh. That's right, Mike. I uh, <laughs> watched it with sweat on my brows. 
the Red Wings passed on William Eklund. <laughs> and I went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought for sure. And he did. You I know, mean, he did. But goddamn, that the five minutes between the Red Wings coming <laughs> off the, the draft clock <laughs> him going seventh. Oh, I was so scared. You were just um, like Jordan. You were the Jordan Peele meme with all the sweat coming exactly. down. Exactly. Um, um, you know, DraftKings really is our friend, and I wish that I trusted them uh, more like a friend because they gave me five to one odds on the Bucks winning the title before they were down 0-2. Um, and I chickened out, even though I knew that the other team had Chris Paul, and he breaks down every single playoff series, and he did yet again. And the Bucks went down 0-2. That's got even better. And I still chickened out. So Matt DraftKings was trying to give me that free money. And I turned it down. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, <sighs> but anyway, I, we got to do some hockey business. Yeah. Uh, this was the biggest day in Red Wing uh, season because we're, we're, you know, we're not really trying to win games right now. It was draft day. And uh, I got to say, both of our rotator cups are probably really out of whack right now uh, from all the padding of ourselves on the back. Because we nailed both of the first two picks. <laughs> Not only did we get Edmondson, but we got the big man himself, Kosa. We did it. We both picked one and two. The future headman and Veselevsky of the Detroit Red Wings picked in one draft. <laughs> Incredible. I can't believe two Hall of Famers by Eiserman. Matt, Bleacher Report, whoever was writing that article, gave the picks a D and an F. It's like they learned nothing from Mo Sider. They didn't give Eiserman any benefit of the doubt. Matt, your thoughts on us being right yet again. Yeah, I I guess some people have a problem with the positioning of the picks. It's one of those things where uh, I even said in our live uh, recording right after the first round of the draft wrapped up, I was really thinking we were going to Eklund. Like I remember making memes uh, about a year ago, maybe a little less than that, uh, because you, you see Eklund doing really well in the SHL and you go, all right forward doing well he's swedish he's gonna be in the top 10 clearly uh he's gonna be a red wing i just forgot you know simon edmondson was definitely on that board as well uh it didn't it wasn't necessarily uh had to be a forward he's just uh <laughs> had to be european i mean that's that's it you cross all the t's and the i's and uh, all the check that, all the boxes are checked um i think, I think it's actually i want to say it's i want to say it's boltman i think who was saying that with these guys who write these like uh, letter grade articles for draft picks, it's just madness because all they're doing, you don't know how these guys are going to pan out. These guys, right. most of them aren't even going to play for four or five years and they're not going to be competent for six or seven. So you're just saying, well, you know, I wouldn't have, you know, taken Edmondson at six. He's more of a number eight for me. So I would have traded back two picks and then picked up an extra. Yeah, but you need the team to agree to the trade. You can't just get whoever at eight, right. you know. So, Steve, Steve just calls him up. Hey, you know what? The guy I want, he's probably he's not meant for this value. spot. You guys want to give me a couple of draft picks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel sure. like you'd want you know, the sixth best player. I just want the eighth best. So let me move back two spots. It's madness. Well, yeah, and I, we'll, we'll, we'll let's do this. Let's we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, we'll wrap up the discussion on Simon, and then we'll talk about like the play-by-play Eiserman gave on doing that type of move, but to move up. Uh, yeah. So exactly what he was hoping, I guess maybe somebody else would do for six. Uh, but uh, Simon Edmondson is one of Scott Wheeler's absolute favorite defensemen. Mike, one of his absolute favorite defensemen last year, William Wallander. Hey. Uh, 
he uh, just just to recap, we did have Scott on the show and uh, the way what he talked about with William Wallander. And of course, way off uh, topic right now. But uh, he said this is the guy that did, he he's the opposite of everyone else. He has all of the mind like he has the mindset of an NHL defenseman. He's, he's got the, the puck smarts. He's got the head smarts of a guy who's ready to go. We just got to wait for the skating to catch up. We got to wait for the size to catch up. We got to wait for all those other things to catch up that we get with yeah. Simon Edmondson, who's six foot four, 198 pounds. He could squash William Wallander like a bug. Well, Wallander's <laughs> tall too, but uh, he's still got to put on uh, some muscle. As to Simon Edmondson, he's got a ways to go as well, but he's got a little extra weight on him, uh, at least on draft year. And uh, th- this, this might play into the fact that uh, Scott calls him a unicorn, a truly unique, one-of-a-kind package. And I talked about it on the, the last uh, short little recording we did. Uh, basically, what you're talking about with this guy being the unicorn of this draft. Uh, now, a lot of people say high risk, high reward. Uh, I guess the risk is just not getting, right, like not getting William Eklund. Like, that's what you risked. And instead, you went with Simon Edmondson. Uh, but I, I just look at that and I... There's a lot of reward here. There's more reward than I think the risk that that went into this because you still have a human being on your team, even if he doesn't turn into an elite defenseman. You have the opportunity to fill out a roster spot eventually, and uh, that's nothing to sneeze at. But what he's talking about here is that he has this amazing size that you can't teach, Mike. You can't teach that. Uh, but he's got the hands of a guy that's 10 inches shorter, uh, as well as the agility of somebody 40 pounds lighter. So, so just uh, yeah, just just want to you know expand on on what you just said. When you say he has the hands of someone ten inches shorter, you don't mean that he has the delicate, um, you know, I, I don't know, Matt. What would a five foot six man do? Uh, what do I like to do? Um, I like to hold my Nintendo Switch, but it's a little wide for me, so I need to actually get the little joystick together. Yeah. So you know, uh, Simon. His hands are big enough, folks, so he can actually hold the full Nintendo Switch right. um, comfortably and play the game. He's not like me. He doesn't have to plug hands. it in. And, yeah. <laughs> so what you mean is he has like stick handling ability for a man his size, which exactly. is freak, freakish uh, to watch. He, yeah. he can not only uh, control the puck with his stick very well, Mike, but he can also handle the original Xbox controller. So he's got regular wow. size hands. Why isn't that in the scouting report? <laughs> Well, yeah, he's six foot four, so they should have that. The, they, should, they need that at the combine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've got baby hands. I've got hands from our mom, clearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're small. Uh, but the guy yeah. who helped uh, bring up Simon Edmondson just could not stop talking about these unique qualities. That, of course, is Frederick Sjostrom, who is also uh, involved with bringing up our good buddy Lucas Raymond. That's right. Um, it's a big guy like that who's really effortless on the ice. And and that right there, like we we could pause right there on this first quote. To make the movements look effortless. Like Mike, can I can, I'm not saying he's going to be this good. And and when I say he he's not going to be this good, I'm talking about Calvin Johnson who might be the, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. But how effortless did his movement look once he caught the ball? Like, didn't it look like he was moving in slow motion when he's running down the field after catching a bomb from Matthew Stafford? Yes. So when when his coach says his movements look effortless, that's what he's talking about. It's the Calvin Jan- Johnson, like, run to the end zone after the Hail Mary. 
That's incredible for a defenseman who's six foot four. Can I say that I the way that Iserman drafts, at least for the Red Wings, yeah. I, I don't know if we've done enough of a deep dive for every single player he's gotten with Tampa. I mean, I know they've won back to back cups, so you know he did he did a couple few you know right good things over there. But what I'm trying to get at is. People are giving him grief because he didn't draft like the top offensive defenseman in the whole draft. And instead, you know, he went for these big guys and he keeps drafting big guys. And it kind of feels like, um, like we know we're going to get some stick handling out of this guy. He's a freak, right? He's the unicorn. It feels like, how do I put this? Like when you draft, it like it's almost like he's drafting more for baseball players. Well, the, where they'll see their body shape and they know what they can maximize out of that body shape. Yeah. So Iserman is willing to take the warts that these guys have in the, you know, uh, he's got to work on his stride a little bit, and it's like something that is coachable, right? So right. he's going to try and do is draft all these huge bodies, and a few of them are going to pan out, and then you're going to have these monstrous <laughs> guys who are skilled huge and they're going to have power shots and know how to like control the blue line where, yeah, he might've gotten a five ten guy or two that, you know, already is a little bit more polished, but they're still going to be able to get overwhelmed by somebody who's just naturally bigger and beefier. So it's like Iserman's just doing that baseball like gambit where some of these guys are going to pan out. Some of these huge players I'm going to get, and I, I'm only going to dress six defensemen anyway at the NHL level. If I just get a couple of these huge guys to pan out, we're going to be unstoppable. Yeah. Like it's drafting more for like a little bit more for potential on some of these guys. And I I really like it. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of the stuff that we saw when like our, you and I had our first experience watching uh, Elmer Soderblom uh, back in December and you watch that big boy. And what's funny is we were so impressed and floored by his abilities to move. And yet he's nowhere in the conversation right now of a top prospect for the Detroit Red Wings. So this is something where we were floored by that boy. And there's somebody, you know, not playing the same position, of course, but somebody who's just as big, moving just as smooth, and he does it better. And and we get the privilege of, of uh, well, at least holding our breath, right, uh, to, to see if he one day becomes uh, an NHL star. Uh, but... I, I like this. Like I said, the unicorn idea is, uh, it's not just cute. It's, it's something like to write along with what you're saying. You're, you're trying to get these things that nobody else has. And then you're going to work, you're, you're going to work your system to make this player usable. And, um, I don't, yeah, I don't we'll know. Hone, it, we'll hone your not, fundamentals. You bring the unicorn right. stuff. We'll give you the fundamentals. Yeah, that's it's uh, if anything, it's becoming a trend. So I, I think uh, a lot of people have tried to peg like what is Iserman's best available. I think that's that's going forward. What we're going to be looking for is the guy who's got uh, those attributes that nobody else can can touch. Um, all right, so let's we'll see. Obviously, with with all these guys, Mike, you mentioned it before. Uh, we're going to see how this all pans out. Five. Maybe 10 years down the 40s. line, we'll finally yeah. know. Yeah, we'll finally know how this wraps <laughs> up. Uh, as I mentioned in the last recording, uh, when when I spoke to Ken Kell twice this season, he reiterated the second time, but it, it was this great note of, you know what? Even when we see these guys for one year, we don't know how their career is going to pan out. We can't turn around and t- and say that these this draft was good, this draft was bad, 
or this player was good or bad until the career's all wrapped up. That's when you can turn around and say, all right, this, this guy worked out. And I mean, you know, some of that isn't entirely true because we could have looked at Nicholas, Nicholas Lidstrom about halfway through his career and said, nailed it. But you get, you get the idea uh, where Ken's coming from is like, even a guy like Quinn Hughes, who we all agree looks really great and had a pretty poor season. And if that happens again, where does our mindset go for Quinn Hughes kind of thing? Um, obviously, I'm just trying to bring up one of the top prospects in the league or one of the top young players in the league that could be winning awards, but had a shit season. Um, all right. Sebastian Coase, Mike. Second pick in the first round. Big man. Another Redding's big man trade- for Steve. Yep. <laughs> we trade up to 15. We send Dallas. Uh, pick 23, pick 48, which Eisman said, all day, I will give up a second round pick to move up in the first round. Thought that that was huge. Uh, so now the rest of the NHL knows that they got to get one more thing out of Steve Eisman for the rest of his GM career. Uh, and they give up 138, which was a fifth rounder. Um, I, you know, I, I thought a lot of this was interesting in his conversation before we get into Sebastian Coso was that, He's trying to move up the entire first round. He just wasn't getting anything that sounded good until he spoke to Jim Nill and the Dallas Stars. And at that point, it was where he could give up a little bit less to move up. And he wasn't at the point, you know, uh, the way that he described it even the day before to Max Boltman on the, uh, of the Athletic. So uh, he makes the big trade the day before. He goes into a press conference. Max says... What are your plans for trading up or trading back? Steve says, you don't plan for that. Those happen day of. You just know that they could happen. Uh, you're okay with them happening, but they happen in the moment. So what it looks like is that every pick, Eiserman's making the call. Hey, this is what I'd like to trade up with. Hang up. <laughs> and then pick 15 <laughs> came along and he got someone to say yes. So this wasn't something where Eiserman had to do pick 15. I would guess that he was probably giving a similar... Um, you know, maybe, maybe he's giving away his first second round pick kind of thing. Um, trying to give that out, trying to give that away a little bit earlier and guys and teams were still saying no. So that's where he comes along saying that the ask was a little too high earlier, uh, in the first round, but yeah, this is it. Like I I'm fine with this. A lot of people are upset. Uh, their boy was Sebastian Cosa. So they had their shot at Jesper Valstadt and Cosa. And clearly they made their choice of who they liked uh, better. And it wasn't really a matter, again, of trying to get to 15. It was a matter of them trading up before they got closer to some of the teams as they saw a real threat to drafting one of them. And Steve thought that the second that one of those guys was drafted, once he got into the 20 range, um, that they were both going to be drafted uh, back to back. So one of those teams around that range was going to see, oh, coast is gone. Got to grab Wallstead or vice versa. And Steve wanted no part of that. So I thought that was very interesting. I think a lot of people uh, miss that part because they're still angry about trading up and losing a couple of picks to trade up. But I, I, I just think the plan going in was always to move up. And of course, Steve wasn't going to let Max Boltman know that the day before. But this, this is just how it worked out. This was the first trade where he gave up as little as possible to move up. Uh, but Mike, one. Uh, well, we One guy I like about... giving a lot of grief to is uh, yeah. Doug Karsh on the Detroit um, sports talk radio, who every time there's a draft for any team, all he wants are picks. And at some point, you actually have to draft players. So <laughs> 
It's yeah, you got to tell that if Carolina you have 45 Hurricanes. picks and none of them pan out, right? Because you didn't <laughs> get the actual player that you wanted. Um, Iserman wanted this guy and wanted to move up to make sure nobody else got him. And you also know that Minnesota was gunning for a goalie. We don't yet know if they wanted Kosa. So why would you run the risk of standing pat? Why would you run the risk of not moving up and getting the other guy that you value in the first round? You know there's no chance he's making it to the second round. It, it, you know, let alone your, you know, second, first round pick. So move up, get them. You have all these extra ones. I, I, you know, the, the the minor league rosters are only so big. I mean, where are we going <laughs> to stuff all these guys if we have 15, 20 picks every year? Eventually, we're going to have to start, you know, putting these guys at the NHL level. So I, I'm not upset with it. I think you're bananas. If you are, um, you got one of the, you know, arguably one or either the best or second best goalie prospect in the draft. And it's a win. Yeah, and, and a guy too that everyone agrees, like even at the very worst, Mike, I think right now we'd we'd look at Sebastian Cosa. People are grading him to eventually be better than uh Jimmy Howard. But what if we just drafted uh Jimmy Howard? Guy was gonna be on the team for ten years and put up a nine, you know, like for most years a nine twenty save percentage, he'll fall off at the end. But I mean that's what we're looking for, is some solid goaltending through the system. Uh, but again, this guy's being graded out to be better than that. Um, Man, there's some is, crazy folks who said Carey Price, and what do we got? Is, uh, we got Carey Price right here. This is for Steve right here. A little of the Rocks tequila. It's a good <laughs> shot. That was a good shot. I like that shot he took in the first first round. Moving up, love it. This is for you, Steve. Yeah, and, and again, go, to go to the aggressive style of drafting. Um, and what the value of a second round pick is or a fifth round pick, the chances of anybody outside of that first, like how far you fall as, as a chance to become a full-time NHL or, you know, more than a few seasons too. Like there's, there's those guys, right. They even get one or two seasons in there and then you never see them again. So to become like a full-time NHL is so incredibly difficult to find. So if yeah. you've got your, if you've got your guy, go Go get him. And essentially, again, like I said, you're probably increasing the value of that second round pick because you yeah, could, I, you know, all credit to Steve Eiserman, who and the Red Wings, of course, who have a, a history of finding, you know, diamonds in the rough. Uh, but when we, you know, redid all the drafts, what, from the like past 20 years ago, 20 years or so um, in our old episodes, you're mostly just rearranging the first round. There's a, there's a few guys sprinkled into, you know, second, maybe a weird, you know, uh, sixth rounder, Matt. I think you might know a guy around there. But for the majority of those those drafts, those redrafts, you're just rearranging the first. So Coast is a first-round talent. We'll see how good he, you know, ends up being. But I, you're bananas if you're upset with this pick. Let's, uh, you know, let's move on here, Matt. A guy, we're not sure of his pronunciation. We looked at three different resources. It might be Shay, might be Shy, but his last name could be Buyum. It could be Boom. I don't know. But, uh, Matt, we got another defenseman. College play. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, left side defenseman. Are we, are we excited about uh, Shy Boom? I'm sorry? Are we excited about this Shy Boom? Yeah, I'm gonna call him shy from for right now. Uh, but yeah, I I think it's pretty neat too that uh, looks like he's gonna be playing on uh, with uh, Tuamisto, uh, who we drafted 35th overall in 2019. So 35th, 2019, 36 in uh, 2021. Kind of cute there, maybe maybe not so much. I don't know. But yeah, they'll be playing together. Oh, I haven't seen on, his uh, picture. What was that? I haven't seen his picture. 
Oh, how cute he is? Right. <laughs> yes, I, I wasn't sure if that's what you were alluding to. All right. uh, actually, you know what? I had the thought. I, I thought he looked like uh, if uh, Robbie Fabry and uh, Andreas Athanasiu had a baby, uh, he'd look like Shai. Oh, that'd be a hot baby. Yeah, no, he's he's a good looking cat. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the quick word on, on Shy's hands and feet work independently, uh, which I think is true for most people, unless you're clipping your toenails. Uh, each transmitting different information to opponents <laughs> with changes to pace. I'm sorry, I when I read that earlier today, I was like, okay, okay then let's let's that calm down. Like this, that speed. sounds like the scouting report on Seabiscuit. <laughs> Like he, he's fast in all different directions. I don't know what that means. Hands and feet work yeah, independently. I just picture a guy, ways. you know, right. feet, legs going all over as he's coming down the ice. You just get out of his way. You don't know where he's going. He's just Bart uh, Simpson and Lisa Simpson fighting down the ice, just swinging his arms and kicking his feet. And, and we're not ragging this pick. We we like this pick. But, we're ragging uh, this, the scouting report. Yeah, the scouting report's terrible. Uh, with changes of pace, fake shots, and constant eye deception, uh, he turns uh, exits, inside lane entries, creates passing lanes, and his teammates uh, through heavy pressure. Uh, give and goes with a space-filling mentality. Allows him to create scoring chances for himself or his teammates. Uh, so, again... This this is a cat. Uh, we're not going to know too much for. I mean, we're talking. He's going to be playing with two Misto at the University of, Den, uh, of Denver, and uh, hey, that was that was two years ago we drafted him. So uh, you know, we're not holding our breath for Shy to to head on over to Grand Rapids anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, it just just sounds like we've got another big boy uh, who's who's able to move the puck well, and uh, he's got an eye for some offensive um, prowess. Despite him, you know, we, we get another offensive defenseman or at least a guy who's scoring in that direction. So that doesn't hurt at all. Uh, Mike, next up. Is it Carter? Is it Mazer? I, I hope so. Like Principal Mazer from uh, a goofy movie. So Ooh, I'm hoping yeah. his nickname is the principal. It's I hope that's, uh, this smells like uh, a Chris Draper um, scouting report. Because not only did he play for Chris, uh, he's a head coach. Um, he's on the Little Caesars team. So, you know, what he's... under right under under Chris. Yeah. So he's got uh, Little Caesars pizza in his tum tum. And he's got um, it in his blood. <laughs> we're going to call this the uh, the Keenan Draper pick of this draft. Um, um. <laughs> But man, that moves yeah. us uh, to. I, I don't know if you had much more for him, but we're. I think you and I are both pretty devastated that we didn't get uh, why not. But uh, yeah, Cameron, Iceman why didn't not totally probably... lost them. He did get one good name. Yes, we did get Red Savage. Also, uh, Redman Savage. Uh, which I don't know. Should I? Uh, we gotta. We gotta give a quick shout out to my own handiwork. Um, let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, I, I couldn't help but start to make the Mickey Redmond connections. And, uh, well, Redmond Savage. Yeah. Clearly, there's our yeah. Redmond Savage. Uh, taking from the uh, Spider Man comic books. Um, and, uh, oh my no. gosh, what's his Where's name? Macho Man. Was that Craven? Yeah, that's Craven from, uh, from Spider Man. Also, no. I think I might, uh, you know, this is going to take a while to find. Um, yeah, there's, there's also, there's Macho, Macho Man ones in there somewhere. Yeah. But, that's it's ruined because you wanted to see the the other meme that I made. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is the best. This is the best name in the draft, hands down. Uh, but uh, he's he actually grades out really well. Uh, we picked him at one fourteen. Elite prospects had him at seventy four. So 
however you guys want to judge these picks. Uh, again, we're saying we're judging them by the by the name because uh, we're not going to know who these kids are <laughs> for another four or five years. Uh, but uh, here we go with a little bit of space down low. Savage is flashy, occasionally dynamic offensive creator. In transition, he manipulates defenders with uh, hands and feet and transmit different information. What's going on? Everybody's transmitting <laughs> hands and feet differently. Uh, he's got the eye deception, nearly unmatched pace. I mean, it can't be unmatched because he almost has the exact same scouting report <laughs> as Shy. Uh, slip and hook passes, even when moving, and a desire to hunt. Uh, the high danger option makes him a setup threat. And uh, he's a threat from mid range with his mechanically sound wrister shot. Mm. Uh, so that's uh, coming from Elite Prospects. Again, had him ranked at 74th. Red Wings pick him up at uh, 114. And it uh, doesn't hurt to get all those uh, fun uh, coach speak phrases thrown into a center because the Red Wings uh, clearly are desperate. And uh, they waited till 114 to start hooking in those centers. Uh, which I think everybody had on their list as the number one need for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, surely we added to our strength of uh, defensive prospects, but uh, Red Savage for going one fourteen. This seems like a pretty solid pick. And um, well, usually, you know, like we like looking at you know the combined scouting reports. Yeah, you know, and they're kind of you know they're you know sometimes all over the map. And uh, like FC Hockey had him at one fifteen. That was the lowest. Right. Um, he went all the way up to like 15 for recruit scouting. Um, you mentioned elite prospects. So there's a couple where he's in, you know, in the top 100. Uh, most of them he's in the top 100. Um, so, I, you know, I, we'll see. Uh, you know, I've set 5'11 dude, you know, about a, about a buck 80. Um, we'll see how he pans out. Um, and it, if I may, I mean, a lot of people are upset. You know, there's no Chibrikov in this list. There's no Atu Ratu, which would have been fun. I mean, you and I, Mike, we we were singing that song uh, all day during draft day. Are we, are we going to get Ratu? Uh, we had the picks. Why not take the risk? And uh, probably once we started losing second round picks, that's where that maybe got crossed off the list. But Red is someone who went up the draft board, Right. So, and it's, it's something too, where the, you could consider this a steal based on everyone ranking this guy in the top 100 and we get him at 114. So if we keep playing the game that the Red Wings maybe didn't have such a great draft, which is what we read, we're not saying that we think it was a pretty good draft. Um, that's where you could start to turn this around on anybody that wants to, you know, give you the fart sandwich in the face. You just say, well, yeah, well, we nailed it with Red Savage because uh, he was, He's got, he's going up the draft board. He's got the look of a, a mid-range center. Like when you talk about what he's good at, you're not necessarily filling him into a grind line. This is this is a cat who's not only going to sell a lot of jerseys. Hey, I mean, like as a marketing major, holy shit, Red Savage, fuck yeah. But uh, he also he looks pretty good. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Um, well, it feels like Eisman likes taking risks on guys who are improving. Um, and Atu, you know, we, we know he's had that steep decline since that magical first year when, you know, all the scouts had stars in their eyes and, uh, you know, that guy is, as 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 giddy as we were at the prospect at, you know, maybe this guy would be a, a number one again, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't quite feel like the risk Iserman would want, like a, a good attitude guy who's improving. So it's, you know, Atu could still pan out, but it, it honestly didn't really feel like a real Iserman pick. That was just you and I having a pie in the sky. Um, Matt, I think we had a... There's your Red, Redmond Savage right there. Redmond Savage. The cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Rising to the top. Oh, Gogan. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, what else we got here? Um, speaking of uh, nailing it on Elite Prospects rankings, uh, we just talked about Red being 74th. Uh, rank 76th, Mike, is Liam Dower Nilsson. Uh, and as it was put by uh, Max Boltman, who we're a fan of, uh, Hacken Anderson slamming his fist on the table. Draft Liam at 134, another center heading uh, into the Red Wings prospect list. Playmaker, passer, setup man, uh, the player who feeds you the puck through three layers of defense right on your tape, uh, the goal mouth, uh, and, and the quarterback of your power play. Ooh, that's fun to read. Uh, Nelson uh, never reveals the position of his intended outlet. So, Mike, going back to everybody uh, manipulating <laughs> the opponent with their uh, where their eyes are headed, uh, he scans the ice, uh, wants to locate it, and then looks away, only tracking its progress in his peripheral vision. Ooh, that's, that's vision. a fun, fun one to read. Hey, Dean, I look out the corners of my eyes, yeah, and I can <laughs> see my winger coming up, yeah. Sorry. Well, that, certainly that there's... Red Savage, sorry. Right. Uh, certainly there's some uh, Liam Nielsen. Wait, why can't I? Liam Nielsen. Nielsen? Just say it fast enough. And it's Liam, Liam Nielsen. Liam Nielsen. The silent L. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is, what, do, am I going to have to do a Google search or could you help me out? Liam. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Liam has a specific set of skills. Nielsen. Uh, it's Nielsen. Yeah. There's no L. Yeah. It's Nielsen. Don't say <laughs> yeah. You, you had all the opportunity to, to tell me before I Googled it. I was telling you that our draftee has a silent L in his name. He's Liam Neeson. Oh, okay. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> um, so the fun one here is that this was Hacken's boy. Uh, he wasn't going to let this draft go by unless we, we picked him up. And I, I don't know what would have happened if we would have seen uh, the walls covered in red had Hacken not gotten his way. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is exciting at least to see from another perspective of, of where these guys are ranked again, you could at least say this was a steal for the wingdings uh, based on where this guy's ranked or was projected to go. Uh, but ultimately I think the only thing that matters here is that our scouts said, do not let this guy go by. Um, so he's at 134. I'm happy. We got another center. Uh, so let's uh, yeah. Again, we hold got, their breath for four years. Here we go. We got, we got yet another uh, defenseman, Matt Oscar Plandowski. Uh, Oscar, don't call me Dennis Chalowski Plandowski, no matter how much they rhyme. Matt, we had a little Chowski void, and now we filled it with a Dowski. So uh, pretty pumped to see if this defenseman pans out. I tweeted out yesterday that I think there is some sort of Iser plan pentameter, like iambic pentameter, with the way he fills out his roster. So once he lost Dennis Chalowski, he had to draft Oscar Plandowski. So he needed to at least fill... The correct number of syllables. I like that our viewers are dropping as I talk about it. All right, so here, here's Plandowski. He changed mohawks into pivots, into crossovers, into absorbing contact. He could pretty much do all the skating moves you want. Handling and shooting skills are there too. Hands away from body, <laughs> steps into the pucks. Dot, dot, dot. I like that. He's elusive. I did my Macho Man impression, and now Madge is off the rails. He's gone. I'm. <laughs> If anybody, that was not a Macho Man impression. I just so no, everyone knows was... that's that's Matt trying to live uh, the words that were written by Elite <laughs> Prospects in their draft guide. I, I mean, this is the fun one to read. Got all those it fun is. words. You got chain. You got mohawk. Pivot. Crossover. It does feel like a dialogue from a Mad Max movie. I, I like it a lot. We're a, we're an NBA draft guide. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. 
Uh, Mad and, Max uh, uh, NBA pickup game. And our last pick, Matt, was Pascal Zito. Yeah. Uh, here's here's the thing, Mike. Uh, no elite prospects draft. <laughs> oh no. And Pascal. Um, clearly, the fun thing here. Um, same first name as probably the most underrated of all animal sidekicks from uh, Disney movies. Uh, Pascal, of course, from Tangled. And um, there's Pascal's Triangle, which is spelled differently, but uh, why not? Zito from uh, Moneyball, the Oakland A's movie. Yep. Right. From right. the well, Oakland A's movie. We got, <laughs> <laughs> we, got, uh, we got a couple more things here, Max. I know we want to talk about uh, some main roster stuff. Yeah. Um, Matt, we, uh, much to, <laughs> we jokingly, to Troy Stetcher's dismay, Mark Stahl has been resigned. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's getting two years, and Matt, I think the biggest news here um, is he has the dreaded NMC, the no-move clause. But, again, this is probably just some Steve Eiserman goodwill because Mark can, you know, wave that to get traded to a team that he approves of. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, as much as we joke about, you know, Stetcher and, you know, Stahl being on the, uh, like, Stetcher's coattails, um, what I've been reading is that they're planning on setting up more of a, uh, you know, veteran and a young guy. So it looks like instead of Stetcher uh, having Stahl on his coattails, it looks like Mo Sider is going to have Mark Stahl on his coattails. And that Stahl is going to be there to be the big beef uh, to show him the ways of the NHL. Um, either That's going to be apparent. Either that or Nick Letty, right? It's got uh, That's not what I saw. I saw Letty is going to be playing with Hronik uh, for our top pairing. Oh. And Stahl and Sider are going to be the, the dice rollers that... <laughs> They're either one and two, or I mean, I guess, well, they're one and six or five and six as Cider gets acclimated to the NHL. So uh, we'll see how that pairing pans out. But Matt, uh, your thoughts on Mark Stahl uh, return? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. We saw Steve Eiserman light up like a Christmas tree whenever uh, he was able to talk about Mark Stahl. So I, he was a big fan. He played the eyeball test clearly because, uh, I mean, if we pulled up uh, Jay Fresh and uh, everything he's got graded there, pretty sure Mark Stahl's like a 3%. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to wait for me to pull that up. Uh, but, well, I've got Nick Letty up right now if anybody wants to see that. He's a 26% war right now. Uh, but let me, I, I just just for funsies, We'll take a look. Sorry for everyone that's just watching. Oh, even better than 3%. Mike, here we go. Uh, this, of course, is measuring a player over the last three seasons. Uh, so, it, uh, well, you'll see. Mark Stahl, good old 1%. <laughs> His even Ooh. strength offense. Uh, I mean, how, how do you want to put this, Mike? Uh, the, the, the bottom 99%? How do you? <laughs> wow. PK, uh, not great. Now, a lot of this does have to do with a couple of seasons before, but I mean, you can see if I, if, uh, is my mouse showing up here? Uh, you, you can actually see the timeline here. 18-19 was his best season of the last three. So he got bottomed out in 1920. Red Wings pick him up and he does a little bit better in 2021. Now, I did a little bit of research earlier today because I said, all right, Mark Stahl's bad. Uh, but he's not as bad when he's playing with Stetcher. Um, actually, not true. So, <laughs> St 
Stature and Stall uh, combined for uh, our sixth our sixth best pairing for any pairing that played over 60 minutes together. And this is uh, off the top of my head. So think about that, Mike. We regularly play with three pairings. Oh. And these two graded out as the sixth best out of... Uh, so actually, to tell you too, it's... Uh, Pretty sure there were 18 pairings that actually made that list according to naturalstattrick.com. Uh, so <clears throat> there's a lot, you know, to be desired um, from uh, even Stahl playing with Stetcher. And I, I think uh, at the midpoint through the season when we graded those two, uh, they were actually performing above 50% when it came to something like expected goals uh, and the expected goals percentage. Uh, but they're they're still really good at limiting offensive chances. They they were one of the best uh, overall pairings when it when it just comes to limiting those uh, expected goals chances, and then of course the actual goals for they they did actually pretty good on the team. Uh, but when it's combined with everything, and you've got to compare how much offense are you bringing compared to how much uh, defense you're bringing to the game. They they really are not getting it done. And when you look at Mark Stahl individually, as we just did, and he's I mean, you could say he's, he's one of the worst defensemen in the league uh, based on Jay Fresh's uh, analytics um, reports here. That'd be the reason why. Uh, but if I may, I, I really don't mind the signing at all. It's, I mean, some people were bummed about the no move clause. And I think clearly if you looked at this signing and you weren't a little like miffed by it, um, you just missed it. But again, he's a veteran. He, I think he earned that no-move clause, and basically what he earned is him saying, these are the teams I'll be traded to uh, if I feel like it at this point. And, you know, I guess the, the tiny little risk is is that's what we're running right now, um, is that he he's either so bad we can't trade him uh, and we lose $2 million, and in a season we're not going to win the Cup, I don't that $2 million means nothing to me. Uh, should mean nothing to all of you at home. Cause it's for one year and this is not the year we win the Stanley cup. So that, I mean, that's the log and short of it. So not, not to be thrilled about the signing, but I'm not mad about anything that happened today. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not, I'm not really upset about it. And I, I, I actually like the, the, the no move clause because for me, it feels like uh, another one of those Iserman um, public relations moves where he's going to, you know, he's basically setting a precedent that, you know, if, if you come to my team, I'm going to take care of you, uh, much like, you know, Bobby Ryan, I'll try and trade you if I can, or, you know, Mark, you know, I need you to, I'm going to call up a lot of kids this year. I need somebody to kind of be in the locker room, be a voice. Um, I know you probably want some stability. I can only give you one year, but I'll give you control of your future. You could stay if you want, or we can, you know, trade you to a team that you approve of. Um, so again, it, it's, it's further painting that narrative that Iserman is kind of a guy that people are going to want to work for as if he hadn't already done enough, um, you know, to do that. <laughs> he just keeps piling on to, uh, uh, you know, the, the good, good merits, um, you know, to, to make players want to play here and kind of rebuilds Detroit as a destination. So it's not saying that Mark Stahl is a, you know, top, you know, of his game all-star at this point, but it's just showing you that, we we have we're we're gonna take care of you. So I, I, I like that idea by Steve. And it's again it's a one year, it's not even a commitment, it's one year, we're not expected to do anything this year. It's it's fine. 
Right. And I, I think a lot of that, you know, we're, we, we build the goodwill now and then, uh, you know, you got to think Eisman's going to be <laughs> chopping down even some small trees just to make sure we're still competitive at some point. So you build up the goodwill now. You get those signings where last year everybody was saying, well, I'm going to sign here because I talked to Steve Eisman for about three seconds and I, I was a believer. Um, I mean, we haven't brought it up yet, but uh, we traded for Nadelkovich and he's asking Carolina Tell me for three and a half million. Clip. Tell me you have that clip queued up. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we can get into that too. Um, Beautiful. He's asking Carolina for uh, three and a half million, and then he gets on the he gets on the phone with Steve Eisman. He's like, "Yeah, three million is fine. Well, you could save a million dollars. That's that's cool. Uh, I don't mind that at all." But yeah, to to back up here, um, the Red Wings make a trade which lands us uh, clearly in, in the land of fleecing. And uh, if, if I may, uh, maybe, maybe even more important, Mike, than uh, us sharing that video, uh, <laughs> at, least, uh, at least we'll argue from this podcast continuing, uh, we absolutely have to share our products page because you can get an Iser Plan fleece fleece. Uh, that's right. For the cheap, cheap price for a warm sweater that I wore all winter. The Another Iser Plan Fleece Fleece comes in four different colors. It's $29.99. Mike, you got to hook yourself up. Please go to brothersadiscussion.com or bodpodcast.com. Click on the shop page and you could get yourself another Iser Plan Fleece. Mike, this, this is like one of the cheapest fleece hoodies. You're, this is cheaper than anything you're going to walk into Target and see. But now you got this sweet Iser Plan Fleece logo on there and uh, you support the show. So, uh, all right, back back to us. <laughs> we always gotta promote those whenever uh, Iserman fleeces yet another GM. Um, right. Uh, if uh, if we get some more, we'll we'll give one away. Uh, oh, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Go support the show. We're never giving one away ever again. All right. Uh, <laughs> Red Wings trade for Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, I mean, nominated for awards kind of guy. Um, and has such a great season uh, that you kind of looked at him and said, this, this is where Carolina's got to put their future in goaltending. And I mean, they've got Peter Morazic, but when you compared the two and you looked at the goals saved above expected, which we used all season to talk about how Jonathan Bernier was one of the best goalies in the league. Mike Bernier uh, finished in the top 15. We actually finished below Thomas Grice, but Number three in the league ended up being Nadelkovich. And who did he finish behind? Marc-Andre Fleury, who wins the Vesna, and Connor Hellebuck. So this is nothing to sneeze at because he plays half a season for Carolina, just about. So this isn't something where he had backup goaltender numbers. I mean, he, you know, right. you talk about Carolina. They're always going, <laughs> you know, goalie, goalie every other night. Now, we talked earlier about Ken Cal's point. Um, you can't just overvalue a guy because he had one good season. But, Mike, we did not overpay for this guy. We're not locked into this guy forever. And we did not give up a ton uh, because we're giving up Jonathan Bernier's rights, basically. And a third-round pick, which, again, we talked about earlier in the show. The value of that could end up being absolutely nothing. So we got a guy that we can at least say is on our starting lineup right now. And, Mike, one of the biggest elements of this, I thought, because uh, we, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to make fun of Carolina here in a second. 
But Steve said he needs his players to know that he's going to start making moves now to show that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to build a team that can win for you while we're still rebuilding. So it's one of those things where he needs to still get belief from, from Verona. He still needs to get belief from Larkin. And this is one of those moves. I think there might be another move that starts at free agency, but oh. for now yeah. we're talking to Delkovich in this trade and uh, Mike, it just, it's, it's so little. It's a guy who was nominated for, for awards and uh, gosh, you know what? I, I think uh, it's time. I think we uh, yeah, go to I Brad Galley. I don't know if you need two goalies in their mid thirties on short-term deals. At some point you can roll the dice on a guy who almost won the Calder. Um, who was leading the NHL goalies in almost every metric. Not number one, but right around, you know, the top five. I think you're allowed to roll the dice on giving up a third-round pick and the rights to a free agent goalie in his mid-30s. Yes, I think Iserman won that trade, if I may. If I may be so bold. Uh, But, yeah, this was was Brad Galley's turn. Uh, We got this... um, Infamous quote, I guess we'll we'll say. Uh, but yeah, here here we go. Hopefully, everybody can hear this. You know, what was Carolina thinking, letting a Calder finalist go? Well, um, you know that's that's an, you know you'd have to ask them why why they were comfortable doing that. I don't know. <laughs> you'd have to ask them why why they were comfortable doing that. I don't know. <laughs> One of the I, I don't know if Carolina's ever to trade with the Red Wings again after that. Um Eiserman, I, I don't know if you caught it, Mike, but the, the subtle wagging of his tail, uh, because he was so happy to get this question. Uh, but he's actually turning in his chair that I, I consider to be a wag of his tail after Brad Galley asked that question. He couldn't have been more tickled or more happy to go, Yeah, I am the shit, aren't I? Um <laughs> I mean here here we I are. feel bad for any hurricane fan who has to watch that clip of Iserman listen to that <laughs> I mean that that was the that was the news story that day too all the news articles were and I think you were the first one to share one with me where it said like you know Red Wings trade for Nadelkovich Hurricanes fans furious yeah <laughs> just, like, that was always part two of the story of them going hey I'm gonna fall in love with this goalie and then we'll get nothing I, I mean not nothing but you, you know yeah Third yeah. round pick again. Uh, chances. Yeah, you got it. I mean, basically, you're fighting a monster that you got to fight with a D20, and you only brought a D10. So, oh look at this guy, a little D&D reference, huh? Hello, Zing. All right, yeah. What a great D&D reference. Um. Uh, by the way, it's Nedeljkovic <laughs> was a. I was just curious. I just wanted to double check. He was 37th overall. Um. God, what was that? 2014. Good God. So just to put in perspective, we might see Kosa, yeah, by the time 2026. We definitely will not have polar ice caps by the time this guy is in the NHL. But, um, yeah, he's 25. I, I will say, at least the, yeah. the argument here is that Kosa was, is just the one of the most dominant guys in his league, and his team was successful because of him. So they're saying he's ready for that next-level test. So if he passes that test, he could move – you know, I, the way that he's graded out, I don't know why I'm saying this because clearly you didn't actually mean what you said. But just for everybody listening, he's graded out to, you know, I, I guess move through the timeline a little bit quicker than a regular goaltender prospect. Um, but I mean, you're right. I mean, we're still, 
we're still years away. That that was the thing too with Jesper Allstad. No, they're both supposed to uh, they're both supposed to develop a little bit quicker than your normal goaltending prospect. But uh, all right, Mike, uh, we talked the draft. Uh, we talked we talked Nadelkovich. We talked uh, Stahl. Real quick, Mike, we got free agency starting on Wednesday. The next time we record, uh, so we'll know if this happens, or at least we'll get some is sort of at, idea. Is that at noon or midnight on Wednesday? I th- the NHL I think does noon. Okay. We could we, Mike, we can he's got the internet. We can look this up right now and tell everybody. 8, 8 p- no, I can't be right. When? I I see who? Here we go, Google. Come on, when? Yeah, I don't want the <laughs> NHL draft. I want free agency. All right. Uh, well, this free agency begins on July 28th. I, I don't know. I guess that could mean midnight. Oh, at noon. I, at noon. July 28th. At noon? Okay. Yeah, 2021. All right. Fantastic. Um, all right. So last point here, Mike. We talked about, you know, goaltending is starting to be solidified. We just talked about Nadelkovich. We just drafted one of the top goaltending prospects. We still have like a dozen Grace, goaltending prospects. Grace got a really good second half. So at least we can tread water while these guys, uh, while they, you know, develop, right? right? Um. Defense is probably a strength. biggest strength right now of, of this, uh, you know, Goal whatever you want to say, this list of prospects. Much like that the last, uh, since Detsuk hung him up, still going to be an issue. <laughs> right. Well, so center, center's yeah, the issue. Yeah. So this is our big solution on Wednesday. Let's offer sheet him. Let's throw out the offer sheet to Elias Pettersson. Mike, throw the checkbook at him. Give him the years. Give him the money to make sure Vancouver can't afford him. Send him to Detroit, and you don't have to worry about that first center spot anymore. Now you're drafting to fill out third and fourth line centers because you also got Dylan Larkin. Boom. Problem solved. Larkin is your line two center. Is that what we – is that it? So here's – you know, we, we give up. If we're saying that Iserman is starting to build this team to try and be a bubble team, right? Or maybe a, trying to move up from this bottom of the barrel, uh, you know, I guess ranking or tiering, if you want to put it that way. So that means we're we're out of it, right? We're we're out of it for Lambert. We're out of it for Shane Wright. That's it. Can't you can't just you know? I mean, otherwise we're we're just crossing our fingers. But if you feel like you're out of it because you're building a team that's better. Why not just make that first round pick for the next four years mean something and give Elias Pettersson everything he wants. And you don't have to worry about that first line center spot anymore. And you can just wait till Lucas Raymond turns into a superstar and boom, problem solved game over. Um, I love this reaction. What? I oh, I would a go comment. What could I, you? I would shoot for it if it wasn't the NHL's restricted free agency rules. Like the NBA, you just have to match, and then you basically automatically sign the guy. Like the like the the team that already had his rights. That whew, there'd be a lot of turnover if right. we could do that in the NHL. But good lord, uh, <laughs> man, we, there's like nothing out there. I mean, unless you want Deneau from. Uh, Montreal, uh, Blake Coleman, right? Because Tampa probably will have some issues holding on to him. Uh, uh, just trying to comb through the centers real quick. 
These are yeah. I know. I mean, I know Matt is doing kind of tongue in cheek, right? Because four Red Wing first round picks are mega valuable right now. Um, but are they though? If we if if we get Elias Patterson, we've instantly downgraded the value of that for of that first round pick and and what you don't want to do i mean i guess what you could do is speak to vancouver beforehand and and you know eiserman we i don't know what his voice turns into once he gets on the phone with another gm but for what it's <laughs> worth once he gets on the line with vancouver and he says look i'm gonna fucking sign this kid so you you know we can make a trade right now and i can i can do something that's a little bit juicier or you know we're gonna go this route uh, so I, you know, I'm, we're, we're spitballing here. We're trying to figure something out. If you want this team to be a playoff contender this upcoming season, you're, you're not doing it. I'm sorry with, with the centers we have right now. It's, it's, it's not, it's not looking super likely. Um, but you, you spend your bottom dollar or your top dollar. You're spending every dollar on EP. All right, but how about? I mean, we mentioned earlier we showed uh, the 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 numbers. We you know around thirty seven million, I think. Now that Mark Stahl signed, uh, so we still have a few more contracts that need to go in the books. You could yeah, throw a good amount of money at Elias Patterson. You could throw the rest of the money at Dougie Hamilton. Boom! Oh boy, here we go. Jeez, telling uh, you, this, we've been <laughs> saying it for like two months now, but that's that's the, the problem solved. A lot of problems solved on this team. You know what, Matt? You know what's on our side is the ping pong balls for the Red Wings. Because we can't win a goddamn draft to save our lives. You know, we just wanted one Tim Stutzla, and here we are. Um, is it guaranteed that if we do this, that our, our pick... We're going to get back-to-back number ones? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely guaranteed, right? I think if Iserman puts this offer in, he's gonna be he's he's gonna get on the microphone and just say, you know, fuck ping pong balls. <laughs> and a lot of confused you, faces. Uh, what? Uh, okay, so hold on, Steve. Steve, uh, you gave him uh, eight and a half uh, average annual value. And you gave away four first-round picks, and your only comment is, uh, fuck ping-pong balls? Uh, That is correct. (laughs) Okay, you heard it here from Red Wings uh, Bally Sports Booth here. Uh, Red Wings (laughs) snag the top uh, centerman here. Can't wait to see next season. Uh Hey, I mean, he's 22, right? You you throw an eight-year deal at him. He'll be wrapping that sucker up when he's 30, all right? So, I mean, this is... Man. It's, uh, you don't even need to write it. This isn't even... Yeah, this is as easy as it gets. Light it up. EP, offer sheet that son of a gun. The only, person who, the only person who would say no is the Red Wings, potentially. Like, Vancouver <laughs> would give up four... Like, they would acquire four Red Wing first-round picks. At, at the chance that maybe one of them doesn't do the usual Red Wing ping pong ball drop. <sighs> yeah. Wow, man. I, I like the shaky kind of risk. I'd be like, oh my God, what a gamble, you know? But whew, I mean, it's always 
proven versus potential. And we already know this guy's proved it at age 22. Woo! Woo! Man, uh, I know it's not going to happen on Wednesday, but if it does, I'm calling off of work. And... Wait, the, the offer sheet's going to be fun. But if it does happen, we're probably still a ways away from knowing what actually will happen. Because even if that offer sheet comes... To, is it a week to match? Oh, um, something like that. I'm trying to go back yeah. to uh, NHL 21. And when somebody tries to offer sheet my boys, uh, I think yeah, it's, a, it's probably a week or something. I let them have it. If I'm playing NHL 21, anybody on my team gets offer sheeted. I, give me those four first round picks. That is where that game is fun. I love scouting. I love drafting in the first round. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, give me give me those four first rounds. So if I'm Vancouver, I'm like, yeah, take them. We'll figure this out. We're not going to win the Stanley Cup next year either, <laughs> but we might in four years. Um, oh, Justin, no worries, no, no worries, dude. I, I I liked your first reaction though when I talked about EP. Just. What? <laughs> I just pictured you punching W H A T in there. All right, uh, Mike. Uh, any any hopefuls on uh, free agency day? Do you want Alex Ovechkin to come finish up his career with Detroit? No. <laughs> no, I'm going through this list, and there's really nothing here that I want the Red Wings to overspend no. on. I mean, even like the idea of Philip Deneau, how fun that is to have one of the best two way forwards in the game on your team. I I still don't want to do it. I mean, he's 28, and you're going to have to overpay, and that's a sticky situation that Steve Eiserman wants no part of. So, yeah, don't don't give me that. Give me the team that we, we got tweeted out earlier today by um, – God, I almost always call him Tony Khan. An- Ansar? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For MLive? Uh, yeah, give, give me that team. I'm fine with that. Let it roll. Let's, let's try it. Let's try and bring I mean, in Lambert. Let's, let's try and bring in Shane Wright. We got no. we got four guys at the top of the 2022 draft that could be a first-line center. So let's roll the dice on those four guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Does Michael Granlin uh, wiggle your noodle? I, you know, you want no. Paul Statsny at 35. Absolutely not. Unless, unless we're like three weeks into free agency and none of these guys have gotten an offer and they want to come in and be Bobby Ryan. Hell yeah, but <laughs> I'm not paying. I'm like, this top 25 list. These guys are going to be asking for dough. And that is for teams that are trying to win a Stanley Cup to pay that dough, not for the wingdings. Yeah, I don't know if any of these guys. You know, oh, you know what? You know who would come play for us on the cheap or maybe a little bit cheaper? We're not be... Yeah. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. I mean,. Do we need to fill out our middle six with, you know, the 30-year-old left winger? No. But that that like that's the name where it's like, yeah, he might he might come here for a little bit, a little yeah, bit I mean, less. Deno had such a poopy year. Like he he does not understand free agency. Like, dude, no, you you just you save all your sizzle for right before it's contract time. You don't drop a turd right before. <laughs> um I mean, I guess he put in, you know, selkie votes, but that just kind of felt like uh, I don't know, man. I don't. None of these guys really, you know, inspire me. It's the restricted pile, but then you got to mortgage the future. Oh, I hate NHL free agency. I'm sorry. All right, no. now I'm all now I'm all bummed because Wednesday's gonna. <laughs> this is just gonna be a fart in the wind. 
no, it'll it'll be it'll be kind of fun. Don't, don't give me give me some R give me give me some RFA offer sheets. Uh, that'll it'll be fun. That's all I want. My car's off the table, but there's still a lot of juicy ones. Just one RFA sheet. That's all I want. Just yeah. one. Roll the dice. Yeah. I think Sebastian Ajo was the last offer sheet. Montreal gave like some bullshit offer, and Carolina was like, "Yeah, that was less than we were gonna pay him." Yeah, fuck, we'll take that. <laughs> Worst offer sheet of all time. I remember, like, the argument was, are we just excited that somebody did an offer sheet, or should we be angry that Montreal completely fucked this? <laughs> all right, we got to wrap up. I said a half hour. We're at an hour and four minutes. Um, we got Rick and Morty coming up tonight. What else? The, you know, the NHL, like, restricted free agency, it feels like, you're at like a business casual job and everybody wears khakis and then one guy dared to wear like dress jeans and everyone's like oh he did dress jeans oh my god and then everyone watches him like going to the room and going to meetings and stuff what a rebel you know but then he still changes back into khakis at lunch you know it's it's like no somebody you know wear some fucking shorts to work and go out there and sign a restricted <laughs> free agent come in without pants damn it Cartwheel Put in your with pants a on the table. Cartwheel in, butt naked. <laughs> Woo! Going in. So Fuck ping pong balls. Fuck them. Woo! <laughs> I got some balls right here for you. Steve Eiserman, hold a cartwheel with two middle fingers. Woo! <laughs> 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 It'll be the greatest moment in Detroit sports history. Metaphorically. Um, the TikTok video of Eiserman cartwheeling. Uh, his balls onto the table with a restricted free agent offer sheet. <laughs> the Vancouver cannot. Oh my god. That would set the NHL on fire. I would be so excited if that happened. We know it's not. but Give me some true. chaos, right? Uh, Seattle really screwed up chaos uh, for us. We talked about that in the last episode. Give me some chaos. Especially from us. From Detroit. Alright, um, Mike, let's wrap her up. Uh, I got uh, what's there to say? Yeah, bodpodcast.com, brothers of discussion.com. So you can get your Iser plan, fleece, fleece. Um, it's, I'm telling you, you get, uh, I know it's a hundred degrees right now, wherever you're watching this. Uh, if you're in the States, but it's, uh, you know, those, those, uh, colder nights are, uh, coming and, uh, you can get yourself ready, put that hoodie in your dresser, and just look at it for the next couple of months, but you'll be ready. Uh, but also uh, find us at POD Hockey on Twitter and uh, at brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. And uh, yeah, that's uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. And hopefully we're talking about that huge offer sheet for Elias Pedersen. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, the comments there, Justin. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, we actually missed comments from Tom and uh, Eric. Sorry about that, boys. Uh, apparently, this thing wasn't working until Justin oh. got in there. But uh, we'll get to you guys next time. Sorry about that. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.